Hello and welcome to Next Times Tax Podcast. We offer Chris insightful episodes on evolving tax landscape and how it may impact businesses across the globe through short interviews with our in-house experts. Today, we explore the different aspects of OECD Pillar 1, Pillar 2 framework and G7 deal. After G7 inked historical deal backing a minimum global corporate tax rate of 15%, OECD held an inclusive framework meeting wherein 130 out of 139 nations joined the statement establishing a new framework for international tax reforms. These 130 nations represent more than 90% of the world's GDP. With a detailed implementation plan together with the remaining issues are proposed to be finalized by October 21. We would like our in-house tax expert, Mr. Malik Doshi, to analyze certain aspects of this subject. Malik, thank you for joining us today. Malik, I am taking a step back. Can you give us a background on Pillar One and Two Framework and the G7 deal? Thank you. Pleasure to be talking on uh, the evolving landscape on the digital economy taxation. As all of you may be aware, the the OECD G20 Inclusive Framework Base Erosion Profit Shifting was formed a few years back. and only the pillar 1 which was the taxation of digital economy was a pending point out of that the beps framework had outlined two pillar frame uh, two pillars as a solution to address the tax challenges arising from digitalization of economy to give you a brief background on both the pillars uh, pillar 1 which was titled as reallocation of taxing rights deals with fairer distribution of profits and taxing rights among the countries it would reallocate some of the taxing rights to the market where they have business activity and where they earn profits regardless of whether the entities have pre- physical presence in that market jurisdiction or not pillar 1 targets mnc's with global turnover of more than 20 billion euros and profitability of 10% or more there will be a new special purpose nexus rule permitting allocation of revenue to a market jurisdiction where mnc derives at least 1 million euros in revenue from their jurisdiction obviously for smaller jurisdictions with gdp lower than 40 billion euros the nexus rule will be set at 0.25 million euros pillar 2 titled the global anti base erosion mechanism seeks to monitor competition over corporate income tax by introducing a global minimum corporate tax rate that countries can use to protect their tax bases the g7 countries were fund Pronounced to implement the Pillar Two framework, and have signed a historic deal in early June 21. The G7 deal gained momentum shortly after the Biden tax plan, as one of the recommendations under the Biden tax plan in US was also to have a global minimum corporate tax rate. Following the footprints of the G7 deal, 130 nations of the OECD also backed this proposal in an inclusive framework meeting held in July 2021. Overall it seems a good progress for the implementation of an inclusive two pillar framework for tax challenges on the digitalization front a lot of progress has been made especially in the last 6 months and the coming months will throw more light in terms of how the actual implementation would work well molly so with this background do you foresee any challenges in the implementation of this framework Well, there are several challenges in implementation of the framework. It took years to just kind of uh, come at a consensus on the framework, and I'm sure once the OECD and the member countries sit down to kind of discuss the implementation, there will be several changes that challenges that will be thrown up. If one has to examine the corporate tax rates around the globe, only a handful of nations have corporate tax rate below 15 percent. 
This category includes mainly tax havens, the majority of which lie in European region. The rate of taxation in any country is determined after considering a whole set of factors that are sovereign to that country. Some of the factors could be whether the country receives a major share of its revenue from modes other than tax, for example tourism, then the government may not impose a higher tax rate for collecting revenue. A developing or underdeveloped nation struggling with issues like unemployment would want to attract higher foreign tax FDI by offering lower tax rates. And a company, a country which is lacking adequate infrastructure also may look at providing lower tax rate in order to kind of fund the requirement that is there. However, having said that, from the inclusive framework meeting, most of the nations with less than 15% tax rate have agreed to the proposal. Countries like Cyprus, Ireland have shown resistance. But when all other major countries agree, these nations are bound to face a pushback and will eventually come on board. Interesting. So, do you believe that the new framework would be effective in curbing the tax challenges arising out of digitalization? While the intent of both the G7 and the OECD framework is to address these tax challenges arising out of the digitalization, the efficacy of this plan would depend on its implementation. Also, as it stands today, the rules and methods of establishing the nexus of the digital transaction are yet to be finalized. So, it will be too early to comment on this. Although it seems that the two-pillar framework of OECD would definitely curb many tax challenges of digital taxation if the scheme is implemented in the right spirit by all the countries. At the same time, one has to think ahead and I am not sure with the constantly evolving business scenario whether in 5 years or 10 years down the line we will be again in a scenario where the solutions that is created right now may fall short of what the business scenario is a decade later on. Agree. Agree. I think so only with this minimum tax rate, do you think it will help address the issue of profit shifting, you know, from higher to lower tax jurisdictions? Well, on a broader level, yes, it would help address this issue, especially where the country of operation is determined solely because of the lower tax rate. The minimum tax rate proposition would definitely have a positive impact. However, one will have to still keep in mind that apart from domestic tax rate jurisdiction, there are other factors like tax treaties between the country, location advantages, IP laws that are being considered while deciding a specific location. And MNCs may try to save some taxes through favorable tax treaties. For example, currently a trading company set up in a tax haven only for a tax arbitrage may have a challenge post-implementation of the global minimum tax rate as the MNC may not have an incentive to continue with the structure. But at the same time, the minimum tax rate that is prescribed is 15% and if there are certain countries which are operating in the 25 to 30% tax rate bracket across the world, there will be MNCs, there will be companies who want to kind of jump onto the bandwagons or continue the exploiting the lower tax rate countries and may kind of still look at profit shifting from the high tax jurisdiction of 30% to a low tax jurisdiction which in earlier scenario could be zero, but now in the revised scenario could be still 15%. Interesting. So, Moni, how would this framework impact on India, you know, in, in context to Indian, you know, landscape? India has, I think, become one of the preferred destinations in the Asia-Pacific region for MNCs as the number of users in India has kind of risen exponentially over the past few years. Most multinationals consider India as a large market and therefore they come to India for the market perspective. Although for the MNCs, income from India has increased, the government views that they don't pay adequate taxes in India since there are no defined rules for determining the nexus of digital transaction. 
Recently, the Indian government has taken a lot of steps like equalization levy as well as significant economic presence uh, under the Indian local laws for taxing aspects of the digital economy. Now, once under the Pillar 1 and Pillar 2 rules will be formulated for reallocating the taxing rights to market jurisdiction, India being the prominent market of digital users would definitely receive an appropriate share of taxes. To that extent, the, the changes made in the local laws would not be further required and I think India would see a fair share of its revenue coming from the Pillar 1. As far as Pillar 2 framework of the global minimum tax rate is concerned, it would have mainly an impact on Indian corporates setting up holding companies abroad, especially in tax havens, and to that extent, the Indian multinationals would get affected. Right. Malik, probably a last question. Uh, once this Pillar 1 and 2 frameworks are implemented, what would happen to equalization levy and, and significant economic presence? Equalization levy was actually a part of the suggestions made by OECD in its the base erosion profit shifting action plan 1. As per this action plan, equalization levy was always supposed to be an interim measure suggested to the countries to be adopted locally till a global consensus is reached. In my view, once this Pillar 1, Pillar 2 framework is implemented, we don't see a reason for India to independently continue the taxing the digital economy. And to that extent, the equalization levy provisions would be withdrawn and uh, kind of the Pillar 1, Pillar 2 framework would be implemented. I understand. So, Malik, you, you've covered most of it and, and thanks for it. How would you just close, you know, sum this up in a few words? Like I mentioned, there's been a definite significant progress in looking at the taxation of digital economy. As compared to the earlier years, the last year or so has been taken with immense discussions and reaching a, a level where at least the OECD and the G7 countries are on the same page. The effectiveness of this framework would only be analyzed and can only be known once the rules are finalized and the implementation is done by the countries. So, while we have everything in theory available, the practical aspects of it, I think one has to wait and watch till October to see what the OECD comes out in terms of the implementation plan. Because a larger challenge would be to implement this, whether the multilateral instrument would be used to implement this or what would be the other form of implementation. Once we have that in place, then probably one can see whether really this Pillar 1, Pillar 2 framework would be effective or not. Well, thank you, Malik, you know, for spending time and sharing insightful information. I'm sure our listeners will find it useful too. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. If you have any questions on this subject or have suggestions for future topics, write to us at thinknext at nextdime.com. Thank you.